You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, that's... That's you and that's that's me. That's the two of us. All right. We can make it if we try. Uh, we go till 7 o'clock tonight. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, JT is with us as well. After us is Alex Gold's That Betting Show. Um, I really don't know where you want to start because the Denver game feels like forever ago. By the way, how are you doing this evening? I'm well. Isn't uh, it beautiful outside? Take a look at that. Let me take a look. Take a look and then take a deep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I find when there's always rain in the air whether mm-hmm. it just happened or it could be threatening makes mm. makes for a nicer sky yeah pink sky at night sailors delight pink sky in the morn sailors forewarned Ooh, look at you yeah you look like a fisherman mm. that hair and those yeah. glasses that are rhombuses right they look like stop signs but let's keep going um okay so denver game just like six uh, like maybe a minute Eh, two minutes two minutes okay timer Put the timer on. 16-0. They go for two and get it. Chiefs kick a field goal at the end. 19-8. Final score. Defense is now uh, immaculate. Uh, Rasheed Rice is the guy. Wide receiver one. And uh, probably the most boring, anticlimactic uh, Chiefs game of my entire life. Yeah, Anything wrong there? It was the, the most dominant 19-8 victory uh, <laughs> in NFL history. I think that we shouldn't look too much into that game. I, I thought the... I thought the defensive performance was impressive. Very quietly, the Broncos are actually better offensively this year than they were last year. And so I thought that that was positive. Uh And, like, between the 20s, the offense looked pretty good. I I know that that doesn't matter for anything because you got to put the ball in the end zone. But the one for five in the red zone sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh But the yardage was good. And I think that there are cases sometimes when you get a little bit unlucky where you stall at the wrong time and say the Chiefs convert half of the ones they miss. Now you're three for five in the red zone and you're winning by, what, four scores? So uh, not as dominant as I think the Chiefs could have won. Um, but for a 19-8 game, I never really felt like it was in question. Mm-hmm. Now it gets it gets magnified because you have the long break and you're only able to score the 19 points. And I know that there have been some concerns about the offense, but I don't know. I'm just not subscribing to that right now. I, I'm trying to look at the positive of the Chiefs' offense, and that's just the emergence of Rasheed Rice. I I know that there have been a lot of fans and a lot of commentary, a lot of talk. I know on these airwaves uh, on this station about which wide receiver the Chiefs have to trade for. I think it's which wide receiver they had to identify, and they've now identified that even in his rookie year, which is somewhat atypical for the Andy Reid offense, even in his rookie year, I think Rasheed Rice can be that guy after Travis Kelsey, and he proved it. Uh. You have to, you had third and two late in the game. It, uh-huh. it did 
become a little bit dicey there with the one-score game, despite everything I'm saying. And Travis Kelsey had some attention, and Patrick Mahomes went, and, and he threw a, yeah. a pass to Rasheed Rice, who ran it 28 yards up the field. I think that was the the moment. That was the moment for me that said, okay, may, maybe we don't have to talk about all these, these traits a- anymore. Maybe it can be this rookie right now. So, um, I don't know if you've... Was that two minutes? I think it was longer. Um, Sorry. I don't want to do this because I'm sure you're sick and tired of this, but uh, I don't know if you heard this today. What's that? Um, McCole Hardman is a member of the Chiefs. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. The Jet flew back to Kansas City. He came home, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't like his current situation, Mm -hmm. wasn't being used effectively, wasn't getting into the rhythm, uh, gave up on it, and came back home. And now he's at the Chiefs front door. And Pete... You know what they said? Go ahead. If you love something, uh-huh. set it free. Uh-huh. If it comes back, it's meant to be. I love that. I needed that, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not, but I needed that. Real talk. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, we always say, and I always use this saying, but once a door closes, it never opens back. A lot looks of lessons. Like, yeah, dude, right? right? You yeah. know, uh, Looks like the door was open for McCole Hardman. To me, that means one of two things. Um the Watson injury, which we'll get into on the other side with the injury report, but also like time's running out for Tony and Sky Moore, and there's a third one. Sorry, um, Frank Clark might be a possibility to come back too. Yeah, a lot of news here in the middle of the day. Yeah, I think that we shouldn't read too far into the McCole Hardman situation. Uh, I think a a player uh, that that was only so valuable to the Chiefs, uh, became more valuable very briefly to somebody else. Mm-hmm. A price point the Chiefs weren't going to pay. That goes away now because the Jets take care of that signing bonus. It essentially is is the minimum here that you're getting Hardman back for. There's the injury to Watson. You already have Richie James on IR. So even after keeping seven receivers, you're suddenly short at the position, especially when it comes to your depth. And so I think the Chiefs go... And they make that move uh, for Hardman. And this also was the same week. This isn't something I mentioned in my three-minute spiel Uh about the game. Yeah, Montreal Washington, the returner savior for the Chiefs, muffed a punt. And the Chiefs have always really been high on McCole Hardman as a specialist. Mm -hmm. I know that there's been the debates about what he can do as a receiver. So I think all that included, Justin Watson injury, punt return, upside that you have in Hardman. Mm -hmm. The price point is minimal. He wasn't happy in New York. It's so low risk. It's high reward. You get him into the offense for the same type of plays that we used to see McCole Hardman operate in, those Andy Reid orchestrated touches with motion out of the backfield, those type of looks. Here and there, he might, you know, fill in for one of these receivers. I don't – I know everybody wants to say, well, pretty clearly now the Chiefs weren't (laughs) satisfied with their wide receiver room. I mean, I – I think you look back at the snaps a couple weeks from now, and I don't think it's going to look all that different for the guys because okay. if Watson isn't playing, that's about 30 snaps. You kind of distribute them evenly. I don't think it's going to look a ton different. I just think McCole Hardman is somebody that's familiar with the offense. He was available on the cheap, and he instantly upgrades your punt returner position while providing you wide receiver depth. That's why they want to got McCole Hardman. So Frank's going to be here tomorrow doing a medical testing. Our own Carrington Harrison. Breaking of, news. Look at of, that kid growing up. The drive. Man, tell you what. Uh, did did say that he will be in town for a physical. Frank had confirmed um, on his ex mm-hmm. account, trying to get used to that, uh, that he would be in town on Thursday. And then Carrington took it a step further and said he would be at the facility uh, getting a physical. You don't get a physical unless you're maybe coming to an agreement with, with the team. 
I don't know if it's going to be on the 53-man roster. I know that sounds crazy with how important Frank Clark has has been um, over these past few years when it comes to being a, a championship player and the importance of him. I wonder if they get him acclimated on the on the practice squad and kind of see if there is a room for him because they're already going to have to activate Charles Amenahu this game. This is his debut after a six-game suspension, which would require a roster spot. Mm-hmm. You're now looking at a roster spot for McCole Hardman. Um, the Chiefs said that Watson isn't going IR, so it's a little bit of a numbers game here. I wonder if if Clark and everything goes right with the physical, which is a question for him. Don't mm-hmm. forget, he's he's a guy that is – Always oh, sick. Often ill. Mm-hmm. Um, if everything goes right, I, I wonder if he hangs on the practice squad for a little bit before he gets to, gets the call up. It didn't seem like the Chiefs, after he was released, were in a rush to get him to Kansas City. I mean, mm-hmm. if he's just getting his physical tomorrow. So I, I think that's a, a we'll see situation for, for me. And that's another one. Uh, this is where Hardman and Clark kind of meet in the middle. You're bringing these guys back to, to potentially fill in roles. And you're not paying them mm-hmm. any more than what they're – it's so low risk, high upside. So I, I think that's what they see in Frank Clark, and we'll see how it goes. Oh, man, I thought I nailed it. Is the computer not on? I thought I hit it. What happened? I don't know. It's not playing. Let me see if I hit this little button. It's a new week in the NFL, which Stupid means it's time computer. to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. That is loud. Isn't it? That is a loud uh, – what do they call those? Drops? Uh, that is uh, a liner. Mm. Mm-hmm. Drop of, would be like, pow, right in the kisser, or never heard of, of him. Uh, fishing. Mm-hmm. Hook, line, and, and sink. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. You should have used that later, because now it's burned out. Uh, injury report is very small on the Chiefs side. After mm. the last two weeks, the NFL have been crushing with injuries. Uh, today, only one, right? Uh, Watson. The one we knew about Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the rest of the Chiefs injury report, uh, I'm going to go through the players really quick. Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Tony, George mm-hmm. Karloftis, Charles Menehu, uh Nick Bolton, Legereus Sneed, Brian Cook, Tommy Townsend, all on the injury report for various reasons, but all of them were full participants, which, yeah. mean, which means just was a busy day uh, in the, the Rick Burkholder training room where mm-hmm. a lot of these guys were receiving treatment. I did go out to the media look, really short media look today. Yeah, They call it a 10-10-10 practice, which is – we love those in St. Joe. I love them in St. Joe. <laughs> yeah, dude, we love those in St. Joe, love boy. Love <laughs> those in St. Joe. Shorter day in St. Joe. That's right. This was a lighter practice, which means the media look is like five minutes long. Anyway. You remember I almost died in a tornado in St. Joe? I'm sorry? Remember when I almost died in a tornado in St. Joe? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That huge shelf cloud? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. I just ran to my car and hit the gas. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to make it. They took you off the air. The tornado did. Anyways, uh, go ahead. That's when we got the very special B-dub in the morning as well, which was great. It's now 749. Uh, anyway. the Fesco in the morning. So I was out there, and I noticed uh, with my binox that Travis Kelsey mm. had a very, very uh, thick, taped-up right ankle. So remember he was yeah kind of looked a little dirty, I thought, in the game where he, mm. his, his ankle was turning, but was limping a little bit, so... Um, it was a it was a scuffle that didn't need to happen. He turned it. He went Kurt Angle on it. Kind of been that serious because he very clearly was on a PJ this weekend. And sometimes mm-hmm. when your injury is serious, they, they make you stay out of the air. Mm. So uh, just taping up the ankle. I think it'll be fine by the time the game starts. So. And then nothing on the other side of the of the field. 
What's so funny? Well, the the one to watch on the other side uh, is a Lowy Gilman. It's a free mm. safety. He did not practice. The Chargers went and got uh, another player off the Falcons um, off, off a Falcons release Ooh. to claim. Uh, so it doesn't look like he will play in this game. The free safety. Uh, other injuries to watch. Uh, I think our our Joey Bosa there. I, mean, I think he should be fine. He was limited, but anytime you have a player like. Bosa, uh, you need to mention it. And also their quarterback is on the injury report. Full participant, but the left finger for Justin Herbert is still being worked on. Mm. I think there's more than they need to work on with him. But we'll get into that a little bit later as we dive into the Chargers matchup later on in the night. Uh, Pete Sweeney, JT, Dusty Likens, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Coming up next, it's the lead film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. It's Ron Kopp Jr. He joins us every single Wednesday night during this time. We get to him. Plus, later on tonight, your questions. What do you have for Pete and myself? That number is 913-586-7610. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Let's go. If you hate this song, something's wrong with you. Mm. Is this 1975? I wish. This is Chris Brown. But I mean, Chris Brown's kind of shamed across. Anyways, Dusty um, told me during the break that he won't be here next week, so I apologize a week in advance to the listeners. I've got a concert to go to. Sorry. It's a guilty pledge. I've been told by a couple Chiefs fans, they wait for this each and every week. Yeah. I love our rapport, the Dusty Pete rapport, and now you're choosing the concert over over the show. What <laughs> concert are you going to? Uh, the 1975. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> They're going on a hiatus, man. <laughs> I got to take advantage. I'll be here every single day. I did shows at 4 did o'clock it, in the morning at, with you. Is it at Arrowhead? Uh, no, it's at T-Mobile. Yikes. Mm. That's tough. <laughs> they can't sell out Arrowhead. 1975. Oh, great year. Well, in, uh, um, 2023, you have a show to do. Put Ron on the phone. All right, hold on. Ron Cobb Jr., lead film analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Ron, so sorry that your boss is a jerk, um, but uh, welcome to the show as we do this every Wednesday. How are you tonight, my man? Yeah, Dusty, I won't, I won't concert shame you. you know, uh-huh. I, I think that's that's perfectly fine. I think I think Pete and I can hold it down, right, Pete? I mean, we, we, could, probably, we, could, we could probably have a good time next week. Well, he already <laughs> told me that Jay Binkley is coming in here. That's your guy. Oh, that's like your stepdad. No. <laughs> Jay, Jay, can you tell Jay to stop talking about my high school football performances though? Because he's making it way too public about how how crappy of a quarterback. You know what? So why don't we Why don't we do this for next week? Why don't we do all three of us in studio since Dusty won't be here? How about that? Oh, there you go. I, I love that because Jay because Jay because Jay needs uh he, he needs to get uh he, he's talking a little too much. You know, I need I need to yeah. I need to square him up. I bet back in the day he could throw a football over the mountains. Well, he just he, he has one game that he remembered seeing, and uh, he, he I'm not going to mention it. I, I'm, I'm talking about it too much now. Let's yeah, talk he, about the Chiefs. Yeah, let's, let's talk about <laughs> some good football, boys. Yeah. What's up? Um, I don't really want to talk about the Denver game because it's just it's almost been seven days, so we kind of know what that game is. You've you've watched it until your eyes bleed. Um, McCall Hardman. Uh, somebody asked me today, just out of the blue, they said, "Okay, the Chiefs side McCall Hardman. What's his role going to be?" I said, and I don't, I don't do as much uh, analysis as you with this team, but kind of seems like, you know, he's going to, you know, probably be a punt returner, run a couple jet sweeps and uh, just kind of, you know, be a, a ploy. Do you see him taking anything away from Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony or anything like that? No, I think, I think that's a simple way to put it. And I think it's, it's, it's correct to an extent. You know, I, I do think, you know, I know Pete mentioned it earlier, but man, the, the return game, you know, they've, 
they've obviously had had a little bit of a shuffling around there with just injuries in the preseason and obviously Montreal Washington coming in and having the must snap so I or the must fumble so I, I really feel like yeah he he will be the returner for sure I'm, I'm interested to see how much of the offense he is involved in because the thing with Justin Watson's injury in the in the in the short term is that they could use somebody to push vertical down the field you know besides MBS you know they, obviously MBS is going to do that but the thing that, that Watson was, you know, made Watson successful is because he was that second deep threat. And while the defense was maybe, you know, shifting their coverage towards MBS going deep, it allowed Watson to find space down the field. There's a chance that McColl can give them that because he has the speed that maybe some of the other receivers don't, you know, as much as Sky Moore, you know, we want to see more and more from him, you know, what he's, what he's done. And I, I do think it, it, this is a good opportunity, Watson's injury for more to play more true receiver snaps. But he still doesn't have that downfield speed that really, like, you know, really threaten the safety down the field. McColl obviously does have that. So I'm interested to see if they do use him as kind of some, maybe just like a decoy vertical, you know, runner a lot of the times too. <clears throat> but I am excited to see him get the jet sweeps again uh, because I do think he has a higher ceiling on those jet sweeps when they're blocked up well than Sky. And, and even Tony does, honestly. Tony doesn't have that same speed in, in the same respect that I'm talking about with Sky. They don't have that same long speed that McColl does, and it may turn a jet sweep in from a 10-yard gain into a 30-yard gain because McColl has that, that, that acceleration and really that 10, 20, 30-yard, you know, he can really gain speed down the field. So, you know, I, there is a chance McColl can contribute a little more than, than we think right now. Talking to our lead analyst, Ron Kopp, over at Arrowhead Pride. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. I want to ask you, Ron, about Rasheed Rice and the step that he's taken. Uh, I've been trying to tell the masses that the Chiefs actually have a receiver on their roster, believe it or not. What have you seen as far as development goes from game one to, I guess now would be game six here uh, from the rookie uh, to just show that he can be a, a significant part of this offense? Absolutely. I think it's just, I, th- I think we just struggle, Pete, in, in Kansas City with like rookie receivers. Like we get told over and over, like, they're not supposed to be able to contribute right away in Andy Reid's offense, or they're not going to be able to, or to be given the opportunity, but he is forcing their hand right now. And, and for good reason, because you see the, the main thing that sticks out to me when you watch the games and you watch when Rasheed gets the ball, it's how comfortable and confident Mahomes is throwing to him. And when you really look at some of these other plays where Mahomes is holding on to the ball, or maybe, you know, maybe look uh, kind of scrambling around in, in, in certain situations, He's passing up, you know, maybe tight window throws that, you know, to other guys on the field that, you know, for some reason he's not throwing to them, but I've seen him throw him to Rice. Right. So to me, it's, it's, that's the main thing. And, and that's why you're seeing him get so many snaps. And it's why you're going to see him be the primary slot receiver to me moving forward over Tony, over Sky Moore. It's because the, the, slot, the slot position, and obviously Kelsey mans that, you know, slot position a lot as well, but with, with the slot position, it really is that, that the, the position that I guess needs to find open space the most, that needs to have trust with Mahomes the most, you know, find space between linebackers over the middle or, you know, you know just have the perfect route, you know, deep and, and kind of fit, you know, getting between corners and safeties. That's what matters uh, at the slot position because that's, that's where Mahomes is going to be looking to a lot of the time. That's what's going get, to be getting the most targets. And that's why you're going to see Rasheed playing it. So I, I think he's he has earned the right to be the primary slot receiver moving forward. I feel like this is a big highlight or a spotlight game for him. I know in the last two games, he's got, I think, nine receptions or nine targets, eight catches, and like just sh- just a little over 100 yards and a touchdown. This seems like a secondary for the Chargers that's beat up, that's given up a lot of yardage. CeeDee Lamb just roasted him. And again, I'm not trying to compare CeeDee Lamb to 
Rasheed Rice, but similar uh, body types, maybe CD a little faster, but this seems like a game that if you can get him going and then, you know, the recipe would be to let Pacheco finish it. Uh, that could be the the perfect recipe for an offense that technically is ninth in scoring offense. And I believe second in passing yards in the league. Do you feel the same way against the charger defense? Yeah, I, I do think the Chargers' main threat in the secondary in their pass coverage, right, is Derwin James Jr., the safety. And you're going to see a lot of him maybe match up with Travis Kelsey taking him away, and he could. That's the thing. I think, you know, there, there's a chance that we see James kind of get the best of that matchup, you know, closer, I guess, than he ever has, you know, before just because of kind of where both of them are at in, the, in their career. But what that will do is open things up for the other receivers to take advantage of, like you said. I mean, they don't really have that impressive of a secondary outside of him. You know, Asante Samuel Jr. has done some st- uh, stuff in the league so far. Michael Davis has, has, has been an up-and-down corner. But, you know, this could be a get-right spot for the, for the receivers. But I will say with the Chargers, the one thing we got we, we to gotta make sure they, they, they hone in on the, the Chiefs' pass protection this week because Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are obviously the headlines, and they're going to be getting a ton of snaps. But they have a rookie edge rusher uh, from USC, Tuli Tua Pelotu. Uh, nice. AP staff was a big fan of yes, thank you. AP staff was a big fan of him in the draft, and he has been tearing it up for them as their third edge rusher, kind of, and, and even coming in as the third rusher uh, while they're all on the field together in third down. So this could be a pretty uh, ferocious pass rush with Khalil Mack feeling himself. He has seven sacks this year. Joey Bosa obviously being Joey Bosa. So I think if the Chiefs can hone that, uh, shore that up, then yeah, they should be able to take advantage of, of the secondary. From a points per game standpoint, the Chiefs are standing right now as number two in the league in, in defense. As you've watched this defense, Ron, and I know this is your favorite pastime, what are some of the hidden reasons that you think this defense is performing so well that maybe you wouldn't know if you weren't digging into the All-22 like you do on a nightly basis? Nightly basis, Pete. You know me. Uh, no, uh, I think it's just fun to to look at the cornerbacks, uh, you know, and, and see that they're like the headline, right? We all know Jerry C and Trent McDuffie are playing so well, but you know, when you really, when you really look at the secondary, you've got to give credit to the safeties too. And, you know, Justin Reed at the, at the strong safety position, he has really just played such clean football this year. And it's not that he's, he's making a, a bunch of big plays. Right. And I think, you know, it's something that you kind of want from your safeties is, is to be, you know, making these big hits. And, and he does make big hits. But, you know, it's kind of like a Tyron Matthew where he's just all over the field and, and just kind of all over the place. Well, you know, that can be a little extracurricular. You know, Justin Reed is just playing his role so well, you may not even notice it half the time. But it's because he's, you know, the run defense is being aided by him coming up and, and, and being able to make solo tackles, you know, on, on the edge. But also in the pass game on third downs, He's manning up the opposing team's tight end, and, and he's doing a very good job uh, so far this year. He hasn't allowed many big plays uh, to the tight end position. And so, yeah, when, when you can have not only your corners locking down the receivers, but also your strong safety coming up, you know, he's, he's bulked up a little bit this, this, for this season, and I think you're seeing it in his run defense, his tackling. And, yeah, just it hasn't, he hasn't lost that ability to cover tight ends at the same time. So you got to give a shout-out to Justin Reed and then Mike Edwards as well. Brian Cook, I, I, you know, he, he's played well too, but I really feel like Mike Edwards is bringing an element to this defense, the turnover element that's going to continue to get him more and more reps. And so I think the safety position is quietly, you know, a, a strong part of this defense. Ron, tell the people what they can find this week on Arrowhead Pride with your content and maybe some of your friends. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have a short week this week, so a little time to breathe and, and get some game preview going. We're going to talk through uh you know kind of what the Chargers offense bring brings to the table I know I just talked about the pass rush which we'll preview as well but 
you know, it's, it's the Chargers offense that the Chiefs, you know, that, that's really the matchup, right? The matchup this game is Chiefs defense versus Chargers offense, Justin Herbert versus Chris Jones. Super fun matchup, a lot of different things going into it. So look out for that. Five things to watch at the end of the week. We'll have it all for you at OheadPride.com. You're a wicked sweetheart, Ron. Thanks for all your input tonight. We'll talk to you again. <laughs> well, I won't, but they'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Yes, sir. See you, see you next week, Pete. All right. Ron Cop. Lead analyst at uh, Junior. Don't let me pull off the Junior. I mean, he's got Papa Ron Cop. That was Ron Cop Junior. It sounded at the beginning of that mm-hmm. like he just wants to beat Jay's ass. I guess so, dude. You think? You think he could? No. I don't know. Jay gets a hold of you. You're done. No, I. Jay seems he's like, like Dan Sally Amua. He seems to me like somebody you know. He gets you in the sleeper hold. Yeah, it's over. Good night. Yeah. Uh, well, we get to move on to Chargers week. Pete, I asked you three big questions, what this game will show, starting with the quarterback of the Chargers. And I ask you a very important question. Plus, I will play you some audio from the drive earlier this week. It's Pete Sweeney. It's Dusty Likens. It's JT. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back in, half of the show's over. Dusty Liggins, Pete Sweeney with you. Probably, maybe biased, the two best-looking people that do radio in this uh, in this room. You Did think you so? I think I know so. I got to be up there. Oh, right? you're top three. Right. It's not Cody. Mm-hmm. Bob and Josh are dads, and they're they're past their prime. You're saying back nine for those those in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. After you've had a few bush lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just leave Alex. Alex is good. And He's, Alex has height in the Adam's apple. Are we including the producers in this? Mm. B-Dub's got those eyes and that voice. Right. Some people are into that. Right. B- B-Dub has got like a Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mess with him. Type of vibe to him. No way in hell. Um, speaking of Carrington Harrison, also a good-looking cat. Uh, hit Matt Verderam on the show yesterday, and I played this last night on After Hours. And, Pete, I want your opinion on this because I agree with Matt because this is the first thing that I thought of um, whenever Justin Herbert technically loses the game against Dallas, gets sacked, first sack of the night, can't take a sack there. He just cannot take a sack there. And then immediately throws a pick to Stephon Gilmore. Matt Verderam said this. Why is this keep happening? When you watch these games with Herbert, and I know you get these people who immediately scream, oh, he's got 13 fourth-quarter comebacks. Yeah, that's nice. In the last three years, you know, league NFL fourth-quarter comebacks, Kirk Cousins. Okay, and, and nobody's clamoring for Kirk Cousins to be considered Joe Montana. 
Like, Herbert has this issue with late in the game. When he's got the ball and the, the game's on his racket, they very often, but they do nothing. Earlier this year against Miami, situation arose, did nothing. They went backwards. Last night, throws a pick down the game. It's not all on him. Nobody reasonable saying that, but I do think you look at Herbert and all the talent in the world's there. We're three and a half years into his career. What is his signature win? What is it? He, is, he doesn't have one. What's his signature moment? What's the year that he was almost the MVP? I mean, none of these things are true. I think he's extraordinarily talented, but at this point, he does not belong in the conversation with some of those real top, top quarterbacks in the league. So before we get into this stat, I want people to know that you can now let us know your questions for Arrowhead Pride's mailbag, 913-586-7610. That is the Jay Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Via Dov Kleinman, quarterback Justin Herbert has 13 career interceptions in the fourth quarter of one-score games. That is the most interceptions thrown with the game on the line by anyone since he entered the NFL in 2020. It is actually five more than the next QB on the list. Is Justin Herbert down a peg of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL? I think that's only fair, but to like kind of go on this, this tangent and to say that he's somehow out of the the top 10, I think would be irresponsible. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, and I said this on the drive because CDOT asked me a similar question. I, I look at the situation a lot of times and, you know, I wonder out loud sometimes, how certain quarterbacks would do in certain situations. Now, uh, it's it's not a it's not a a fit all excuse, but you look at him. He's already been through two offensive coordinators in covering Alex before Patrick Mahomes. This was a problem at the beginning of Alex Smith's career, where every year it was a new offensive system, new head coach, new changes, new terminology, you know, new scheme, and they would have to learn something on the fly. And I. I think you see it a little bit with Caleb Williams in college where uh, these these athletes that come out that are drafted in the top tier, if it's not a trade-up like the Chiefs did with Pat, mm-hmm. you're entering a pretty bad situation. And sometimes uh, you could see changes happening quickly because you're you're taking in the, mm-hmm. the, you're in the top five, top ten of the draft. You're going first uh, to a bad team, typically speaking. And it's a team that that is, that is rebuilding. And so – I don't know. I think we've seen flashes of Justin Herbert, and I, I hear the, the noise, and, and I hear the, the thing on Kirk Cousins and the fourth quarter comebacks. I just think we know what Kirk Cousins is. He's only going to get you so far, whereas you have quarterbacks, and, and I just question their situations. I, I'm doing the same thing about Justin Fields, Dusty. Like Just because Dustin Field, or Justin Fields is a good little combination there, mm-hmm. just because Justin Fields is in a terrible situation, doesn't take away from the fact that he has shown flashes of potentially being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I think about it that in reverse sometimes. And like I said, it, it all comes down to results and um, you have to have them if you're going to be one of the top quarterbacks in this league. But like what would have happened if Patrick Mahomes just went in the top of the draft? What if he w- ended up with a, a Cleveland Browns? What if he ended up in Jacksonville or what if he ended up in a Washington situation? Now, I think we'd see the flashes, but would we see the championships? Would we see the five straight conference championship games? I I don't know. I it it, it is a more of a team game than, than folks realize and Justin Herbert needs to do better, right? And he does need that signature win, but I just think it's more complicated than saying, well, 
quarterback X doesn't have a moment, it takes more than just a quarterback. Uh, it takes a coaching staff and a surrounding team for you to have that moment and a lot of those moments. Yeah, cliche saying chicken uh, or the egg, which one came first? You don't really want to get ahead of yourself or get too cocky, but you beat the Chargers. I don't think you're scared about Denver the following week, but if you beat the Chargers, um, what, this division's wrapped up before Halloween? Mm. And you're seven and one, and you control the one seed in the AFC, and then you go to Germany and play Miami, and then the season starts? I mean, if we are reasonably speaking about where these other franchises are, uh, and and I don't even think this is too much of a homer take. I'm, you know, I'm trying to put myself in like a national mindset. I think I would say this if I wasn't even covering the Chiefs. Like, I don't think this division was ever a question entering the season. Fair, I mean, even starting the year. But like, this early. But yeah, for even from a numbers standpoint of having to crawl back from a hole, it, especially because the Chiefs are going to win a lot of games. They always do. I mm-hmm. mean, what What's the floor on the ceiling? Uh, again, not trying to jinx it. The absolute floor, 11 and 6, maybe 12 and, and 5. And now you're putting yourself at a disadvantage where you already almost have five losses here. So, yeah, this is a huge game for Los Angeles if they want to have any shot at the division. A lot of games left to make the playoffs. There's a lot of the wild card teams now. But, yeah, as far as the division goes, for sure. Yeah. Do you like those type of games when that's the team you're going up against that has the, I don't know, kind of the – Game of Thrones, Jon Snow, you know, Battle of the Bastards episode where he pulls the sword out and everybody's coming down the hill. Do you like that sort of game for a Chiefs team that, you know, has a lot of positive elements? We'll get into one after you answer this question, but Chargers have their backs against the wall, right? They're what, two and three? They lose this game. They're two and four. They have to win this game. They're on a short week. They're playing a division rivalry uh, or a rival, and they play on primetime, 325, and they have to travel. Yeah, I... I think they're up against it for sure. I I, I question uh, whether they're going to be even be be in it. I mean, I I just it's desperation mode, and I think even with teams that you haven't seen be in the position early on here that the Chargers are are in, whereas like you're playing for playoffs in a sense already. It's just it's every week, man. Uh, you saw it uh, with the the Detroit Lions week one, and that's where they were able to pull out a win. They you want this game against Kansas City so mm-hmm. bad because of what it means for your franchise, especially if you're one of these teams like Detroit, like L.A., mm-hmm. that needs – you know, we just heard the audio clip – that needs a signature type of victory. Uh, you you always get the best shot. And so uh, I tend to think L.A. is going to be trying its absolute hardest balling out. But I just think you're right. I think the four days of rest, I just think the Chiefs offense is finally coming along. This top five defense, it's a you're three. traveling – Top three. Even, you know, you subtract two of those, five minus two is top three defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking, I think, at too tall a task to assume that the Chiefs are going. Is this the biggest test for that top three defense, who is second in scoring by two-tenths of a point behind the San Francisco 49ers? And there's nine points in there that don't exist, in all honesty. Yeah, I think by default, it's not like the the schedule, as we learned uh, early on, we thought it would be a little bit tougher than it was. And, it, you know, it wasn't, especially with that Jets game. Uh, but... Yeah, I think that's fair to say. The Chargers have a lot of weapons. They just got Austin Eckler back. I thought he looked pretty good on on uh, mon- Monday night. Mm-hmm. I also think that it's been fun to watch uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen finally seems to be healthy after years and years of always battling these injuries, and he has just been so impressive. And he's a little bit he's a little bit of an older guy. It's it's been impressive to see, and and he has always been a nuisance for Kansas City, but mm-hmm. especially now that I think he's playing well. Be intriguing to see, you know, Ron Cobb talked about how great that secondary has been. Yeah. 
the way that Keenan Allen is playing will certainly be their toughest test yet. That's Pete Sweeney. I'm Dusty Likens. Don't forget, we do your mailbag questions next. That number is 913-586-7610. Sorry, I had a little knot in my throat. 913-586-7610. Pete, JT, Dusty, we're back for Arrowhead Pride Radio right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. God, I'll be shirtless tonight to this song. You see the, the karaoke video of your boy last weekend? Just absolutely destroying it out there. Who's that? Me. Yeah. What, what did you sing? Uh, Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. I even pulled up a lady on stage. Didn't even know her. Wow. It was good. What a move. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, 913-586-7610. If you do have a question for Pete or myself uh, regarding this Chiefs team or matchup against the um, Los Angeles Chargers coming up uh, on Sunday at 325, as it is the... I guess primetime game. What do they get? They get Nance and Romo in that game? I think so, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. JT confirms it is on uh, Twitter. I, um, I think I think Romo has seen a kind of a turn. Like mm-hmm. He was very popular at the beginning. And well, they said he didn't study last year. Right. Like that was the, I guess, quote unquote rumor that he just showed up and he always brings a putter or a wedge and just like chips or putts before the game starts. Oh, okay. The real question is who do you like better? Fox is big time produce uh play by play in color, which is obviously Greg Olson as the color or Tony Romo as your color. I tend to like Fox. Yeah, I like Greg Olson a lot even though he looks like he's coming off a 6-day bender every time he's on TV. I've found that th- that that broadcast is just more enjoyable. See, yeah. it's more easy listening. I, I also Romo, feel like there's a bold breakage in chemistry between Nansen. It's not Nancy more. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Nansen Romo. I yeah. mean, there's like a little bit of a Hello, riff. friends. Yeah. All right. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. This is my favorite part of the entire show. You love this part. The AP mailbag. I do. I do love this because you get to hear like what people have, you know, they have questions for the the expert in Pete Sweeney. Nobody ever says, hey, Dusty. You don't think they? Well, they do. And they ask me if I saw a certain someone at the Chiefs fashion show last night. You should probably try reaching out. That'd be a power couple. And I'm like, yeah, no one cares about that. Um, Pete from the 913. How do you feel about trading a sixth or seventh round pick for Zach Ertz to help with red zones? Zone. Sounds interesting. Now, you know, would Arizona do that? Mm -hmm. That's the first question. But, yeah, I mean, he seemed to have a really nice start to the year, and so why not add him to to that mix uh, of weapons? Uh, Again, it would always come down to the salary. We'd have to look at the salary and pull it up, uh, especially now that it seems like the Chiefs are even giving the minimum deals to Mm -hmm. more players here. They're going to be further up against it. So I... I tend to think the Chiefs are are done tr- trading slash acquiring at this stage, and in we've already heard they think they officially announced while we were at break 
that they brought back Hardman and then uh, Frank Clark, uh, there's a possibility that it, it could be signed tomorrow. Uh, 660, mailbag. Will Omenahu fit in well with this shutdown defense? Is he a run stopper or a sack machine? Uh, who's that? Uh, Omenahu. The answer is yes. Okay. Uh, the Chiefs have really <laughs> liked his versatility in a lot of ways, inside, outside. They like what he can do in the run game. They really like the big body uh, mm. next to Chris Jones. And I think they they feel like he could be a, a wrecking machine inside, inside on pass downs and uh, in, in getting to the quarterback. So, I think it's going to help the the pass rush. And you know, Willie Gay today was talking about how they're looking forward to his ability to set an edge. And so I think he, he's a do-it-all guy, which is really what fits into the Joe Cullen message. It's like we want you to be able to do everything inside, outside, stop the run, stop the pass. And, and that creates a positionless defensive line in a sense. From the 816, mailbag, hey, Big Pete, do you think the Chiefs will make more moves after Hardman and Frank Clark? Apparently, there's a move from Frank Clark. Do you think they will trade for Buda Baker, Big Pete, or any other upgrades through trades? Kind of answer that 816. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't think so. I, I think a lot of this chatter has been outside the building. I think the Chiefs feel like they can win a championship with what they have inside the building. I know that sometimes seems daunting when you're watching like the San Francisco 49ers dismantle the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. or seeing Miami drop 70 points, but... I think the Chiefs feel like if they play clean football, especially with the way the defense is playing, this new balanced attack, they can stick with anyone. And you have the the Mahomes trump card. Mm. You know, when, if you have Patrick Mahomes, um, and, and I, I think they feel this way uh, inside, and you just give him just enough, you can you can beat anyone. And who's to argue right now? They've lost one game by one point. Uh, they're five and one, and I just think sometimes we forget that. Uh, which receiver, this is from the A16 mailbag, which receiver is inactivated when everyone is healthy now? That's a great question. I think Montreal uh, Washington falls down. Uh, and I think uh, later on in the year, you know, if Richie James were to get healthy, they called it an MCL, so we're not mm-hmm. even really sure exactly what's going on there. But if he were to get healthy, I, I think Hardman would fall. I, as I've been kind of saying all show and really? all afternoon here on 610 Sports Radio, uh, I think they brought in Hardman for depth. Um, so you would think McColl for depth, uh, and I guess, and this is something we don't know, if they didn't feel like Ross had a full grasp of the playbook, sorry, uh, a full grasp of the playbook, it might be Ross. But um, I think McColl's a depth signing, so uh, okay. the depth usually falls off. Uh, from the 417, gentlemen, so I guess I'm included in this, do any players have to get cut or move to practice squad to make room for McColl, Hardman, or Frank? If so, who do you think it would be? Yeah, uh, they do. Uh, we'll see. Andy Reid said Watson wouldn't be going on IR, but I'm not sure if they make this move if they're not thinking it's at least a few games. So we'll see if that's the move there. I think Matt Matt Dickerson on the, along the defensive line. I think Malik Herring potentially. I think Keandre Coburn could be a surprise. Uh, let's try to sneak him onto the practice squad, even though he was a, a draft pick. There's a number of different directions the – the Chiefs could go in. Um, we'll see. Frank Clark could just be a practice squad signing until they feel that he's ready. This is from Dusty Likens. Not sure if you know him or not. Uh, Pete, um, which, uh, which, okay, this isn't for me, but Pete is a hot dog a sandwich. No. Okay. No, hot dogs. You're a big hot, you're a glizzy goblin. I love hot dogs. Okay. I, I try not to eat them too often, but man, nothing like a good hot dog. This from the 347. What are Pete's plans for the birthday boy tonight when he gets home? <laughs> that's gotta be somebody I know. 
uh, the dog is turns turning seven, so we're getting. Uh, oh, we're getting. You gonna throw the dog a bone? I think. I think there was a. There's a pastry, or you know, one of those doggy pastries purchased today. So happy, uh, happy big seven to uh, to the Soulmeister. Selling. I love a dog, man. Uh, Joe Summers says he loves you and he wants to caress your soft clothes. Uh, that betting show is next. It is live on location night inside Hollywood Casino on uh, Six Ten Sports Radio. Coming up next, it'll be Alex Gold. We join with Benny Heist to break down the NFL slate. Uh, Tanner Rome from Hollywood Casino, Barstool Sportsbook, and, of course, some Chiefs Chargers betting angles. Pete, thanks again uh, for everything tonight. JT, as always, thanks to you. Kansas City, stay safe. Do kind things for people. It's cool to care. Love you. Good night, Kansas City. Smell you. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.